we we have people that come from other towns and like just park randomly on our street yeah. and take their kids out trick-or-treating because it's like, you know, it's a quiet little neighborhood. The houses are all close together. Everybody's mm-hmm. figured out which houses have the the full-size candy bars and whatnot. Yep. You know, it's all yep. figured out. And then for the last like two weeks, all the kids in the neighborhood have been booing each other, which is this thing that I didn't know existed up until a couple years ago which is that you just do like a ring and run, but you leave a bag of candy on your friend's doorstep oh. and you try and get away before anyone catches you. And That's so cute. like- That's cute. But but like every night of the week, oh. you know, as we're inching closer and closer to, you know, bedtime and calming everyone down, oh, the doorbell no. rings. My kids go completely ballistic. Like it's like they, they turn know. into feral yeah. dogs that run to the door and start barking and breathing on the glass and screaming at the top of their lungs, you know, like, who is it we see? And and whatnot. Yeah. And and then they receive candy because yes. they're not going to get they're they're not going oh, to get, God. you know, somewhere, you know, in the approximate number of like a thousand individual pieces of candy on Halloween itself. We have to be making sure that they're building up a candy tolerance in the weeks leading up to Halloween. So yeah, it's a tale as old as time. This is like back when we were living in caves, it was like, oh, we got to get bit by a lot of little snakes first so that yep. when we have the big snake show up we can be completely yeah. so inoculated so you don't so that you don't poop your pants when the big yeah. snake gets you <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, all right Corey, with uh wow oh, with that said should we should we dive yeah. straight into our official spirit of halloween podcast oh yeah i've got an even better segue here oh speaking of pooping your pants Let's talk about Sergio Perez's home Grand Prix. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing it. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our Formula One podcast. We're a couple of best friends who have loved this sport forever, even though it chooses sometimes to not love us back. I'm one of the hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I'm a writer, actor, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. And this is John Lapore, a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. And Corey, the Grand Prix did not love us back uh, this, no. this weekend. This no. was like the darkest Formula One race I feel like I've seen in a while. Like it wasn't that it was like, boring or it wasn't interesting it was i mean and it was those things too in a certain way but yes but it was just sad it was dark and disappointing and just like upsetting in in every way possible like i almost want to describe it as like this was the empire strikes back of grand prix but even like but but it didn't even have the like admirable qualities of the you know the greatest and darkest star wars film ever made uh yeah it's like the it was like a like uh, the empire strikes back but like whatever george lucas's like hair-brained like director's cut would have been also spliced in with like the the wookie christmas special like somehow it was mm-hmm. like just like uncomfortable to watch yep. pretty yep. much the whole weekend 
Uh, also, have you heard the rumors that have started happening? That has started happening in the past. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to get Lay into the room. What do we got? The, the rumor, and we'll we'll discuss this throughout because it's going to. It'll have. There will be several moments where this will be activated throughout our conversation. Uh, rumors are out that one Aston Martin is looking to maybe sell, like full on sell to the Saudis. Uh, there was mm. a huge, huge uh, uh, stock transfer this morning of around like 275 million pounds uh, that were traded out of Aston Martin. Wow. So like that is like a, oh boy. Yeah. Lawrence is getting ready to like chuck deuces, which means two things. One, Lance Stroll more or less will not have a seat. Like he will not have a seat if another entity buys Aston Martin. Like that's just it. That's what's going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is the other man in that seat, the other man in the other seat is Fernando Alonso, and Albert Fabrega tweeted out something in Spanish that was just sounded so mournful and so worried. He's like, I'm. I am not enjoying the news that I'm hearing out of the paddock this weekend. And like, everyone is like, Oh, um, Fernando Alonso is going to retire. Like this is, this is it. This is, this might be the final time that we get to see Fernando Alonso. But there's also some weird, like, yeah, but if like Sergio had as devastating as a weekend as he had, and yeah, Fernando was maybe not happy at Aston Martin. What are the chances that we now see two people vying for that second seat in Red Bull? One of which is like, of course, Danny Ricardo, and the other, maybe Fernando Alonso, because Red Bull uh, España tweeted out like the emoji of like the face with like the shushing finger. And that was it. Like that was tweeted out this morning too. So there's like, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm punch drunk right now with just like, what, what is happening? Wow. What is happening okay, that's, right now? Yeah. That's a whole bunch of, that's a, that's a lot right there for me to process in real time. Okay. So yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sorry, John. As, Sorry to hit you. No, no, this is, this is wonderful. Uh, so Aston Martin, I mean, hell of a season, hell of a roller coaster mm. for, for these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, you know, not shocked to hear that. And I can definitely, no. you know, to me, this does feel like, this is Lawrence Stroll's sense of like, this is the closest we ever got to being yeah. awesome. And now yeah. it's over and it's caught and, you know, and everyone's turning to me and just being like, well, it's just, we can be awesome again. It's just going to take even more money or investment or work or mm-hmm. whatever. And he's just like, oh, okay. I thought it's like be, turning I out his pockets and being like, I don't have it. Sorry guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the I, I can see how it's probably a lot less fun for him now. Um, his yes. his son is continually getting dunked on and redunked mm-hmm. on um, mm-hmm. as 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 you do. Um, 
certainly don't want to see Fernando go. Fernando's no. been a wonderful, I don't know, just addition back into the mix here in the in the sport. Um, mm-hmm. And it makes it hard to imagine the years that we didn't have Fernando. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Fernando at Red Bull, Ooh. Ooh, that baby, that's yeah. a that's a thought. I don't want to get yeah. too carried away with it, as I have a tendency to do. Yes. But I mean, yes. that would be that would be pretty awesome. That would be pretty. Yeah. That would be maximum chaos. Uh, it would, which I think would be beautiful. And I feel like it's you know there is this sort of idea or thought of like, well, you know, Red Bull don't. Don't put in anyone that's going to ruffle Max too much. But mm-hmm. at this point, I have to imagine that like uh, throwing Fernando in that seat is almost a novelty play, if you will. Not unlike yeah. having Daniel Ricardo, yeah, as part of the team and as the third driver for the first portion of this season and and whatnot. Like it, it's just it's there just to be like a playful attention grabbing yeah aside while max just you know carries the entire season on his back or max yeah. adrian newey uh you know yes, make, yes. It, make it happen um so i don't, i don't know it seems like it could be it's interesting it could happen right yeah it could i mean it's maybe well i i would say that there's more of a chance that it happens now Actually, I'd say maybe there's less of a chance that it happens now after this weekend, uh, just because Daniel Ricardo, like, there's no, like, some someone was saying this. I can't remember who it was, but they were like, "Oh, this feels like, like Netflix was like, okay, we need to have like the single greatest episode of Drive to Survive happen, and like." but we just don't have all the elements in place. And it's like, oh no, all of the elements were fully in place. The only thing, the only thing that was not in place was that it wasn't Daniel Ricardo's first race back. Like if, mm-hmm. if he had had the performance he had last week at Austin, then we wouldn't really be you know, talking about this, right? Uh, if he wasn't at Austin last week and he was, he did show up this weekend and dominate the way that he did slotting himself behind Max Verstappen and ahead of Sergio Perez in inferior equipment. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, you can't, it, it, you couldn't have scripted a better return to form for Daniel Ricardo. It's, it's truly bananas. I mean, th- this oh. was his return race, right? Like this was yeah. return yeah. to Ricardo. Uh, yeah beautiful to see it uh that was probably the the only uplifting thing that i feel like came out of this weekend i mean you know we could talk in more detail about sergio and and whatnot um i was really bummed of that albon didn't do even better than he did i mean he he did all right yeah yeah he he scored points so but in practice sessions through the practice sessions, there yeah. were multiple points at which Alex Albon was P1. Yeah. They kept on like putting up- Multiple the, the, runs the, where Max could not top him. 
Like, yes, it wasn't. Yeah. That, it wasn't that like Max went out and then like Alex went out and then Max went back out and like it was like Alex went out, went P one, Max went out, went P two, and then couldn't beat Albon in that first practice session until like the very end of the practice session, and P two or in practice session two rather. Like it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. I love I love when they put up the little track dominance graphic yeah. with the map of the track and they color code, you know, which areas of the track is one driver doing better yep. than another. Like it it does feel like it's quickly becoming the like saltiest of uh of graphics. And they were putting that yeah. up and it was Albon and Verstappen, and it was like Albon was dominating like ninety percent of the track. Like dominating Incredible. the slow speed corners too, which is like mm-hmm. Yeah, I not mean, yeah. not what is the 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 Williams like only, you know the the Williams only capability is is straight line speed. Yeah. It would seem. It would seem there is something. I mean, this was like a a very interesting mix of different things that happened over the course of the weekend that kind of put us in this position. Uh, one is the fact that the Mexico City Grand Prix is. Uh, at like the elevation of most ski resorts in Europe. Uh, so mm-hmm. like the, the way that the air is literally thinner up there, like it doesn't, it creates a very unique situation on the calendar. People are like, Oh, I don't like the Mexico city grand prix or whatever. It's like, well, that, there's nothing else that is like that because they're at that elevation. And it's also a high downforce track, but like the high downforce setups don't really matter because they they don't displace the molecules in the same way that they do at sea level or like yeah. approximately at sea level. Like it's just this really cool situation. But oh boy, was it fun to watch Albon just like trounce the field. Not just like beat Verstappen. It was like incredible to watch Albon really show up and just dominate in those early parts of the practice sessions. Um, and then in qualifying, it went away from them. Uh, and did you hear what the, the reason was, what they like discovered, uh, what happened? I mean, it wasn't like a huge discovery. It was just a like, oh, this is what happened. Um, we had, uh, it was different temperatures. They just couldn't get the tires warm enough to respond the way that they needed to. So like they changed nothing in that setup from practice session three into qualifying into the race, but they didn't have the proper tire warm up in qualifying. And like, that is why Albon qualified so low. So wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks. I mean, there's no real way to remedy that either. Yeah. Again, because there's like such it's a high downforce track at a high altitude. So like you can't really work the tires as aggressively because the car doesn't have the downforce to like slam the car into the ground to work the carcass of the tire. So it just doesn't, there was nothing they could do. It sucks, but you know, maybe, maybe with a different tire compound, it would have been different. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's some 2020, whatever. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, we could have changed the, <laughs> the tire compound. No, that's not how this works. Right. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool to watch, though. It was really cool. Um, that's what I put in qualifying one. The first line that I put in my notes was like, Albon is someone to watch. And then it was just like, oh, 
I guess I was wrong. But yeah, what uh anything else? Um let, so let's let's dive into the race here. We're talking about the circumstances, we're talking about uh was there yeah. anything that stuck out to you? First of all, in qual there were like a few things that stuck out in qualifying for me. Uh did anything uh stick out for you? Uh I mean, you know, certainly seeing two Ferraris uh mm-hmm. at the front of the grid, pretty spectacular, yeah. pretty, pretty exciting, pretty unexpected. Um yeah. Signs going P10 in the second qualifying session and being like, where the hell is Ferrari right now? I was like, oh, there's Ferrari. There's Ferrari. Completely pulling it out. Um, Yeah. Pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, for me, that was that was the key. And I mean, the the qualifying again, setting up, Mm -hmm. building up feverish anticipation for a pretty excellent grand yeah. prix yeah truly um so the one thing that like really what 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 sucked was uh mclaren didn't get their strategy right for lando so he ended up qualifying what was it like 16th or something like that uh in mm-hmm. the other car that would have been competitive with max verstappen other than sergio um so that was that was a pain to watch him go out. I was worried that Lewis was going to go out early because they were just nowhere in qualifying. Um, yeah. And like kind of remain nowhere in qualifying itself. Uh, we're nowhere during practice either. Like it was like, Oh no, Mercedes had a good weekend in Austin. And now like none of that stuff is working for them in practice and qualifying. Um, so yeah, there was that, there was the, the, the impeding, uh, that happened in the first qualifying session that was then just like the FIA was like, Oh, well, you know what? Everyone impeded. So we're not going to penalize anyone. And it's like, well, I don't know if that's the right way of doing this, but I guess because of the shortness of the circuit, they were like, well, there was no way, but to back people up in pit lane, um, but that was that didn't happen, and then we had like one of the saddest things. Okay, so we had like Sergio Perez having a rough weekend, right? For sure. We also had Logan Sargent having like quietly one of the worst weekends he could have possibly had at the worst time. Um, so struggled at Qatar, really struggled at Qatar. Um, literally mm-hmm. had to end his race early. At his home Grand Prix, one of his home Grand Prix, uh, he was like nowhere to be found. And Alex Albon uh, really showed that he was, you know, uh, on top of things. Uh, and then he finally got his first F1 points because other people got disqualified. So like already Multiple we're like, people, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Logan, you're not, ugh, oh, buddy, you should have you should have showed up bigger at your home Grand Prix at least. And then this weekend. He ends up passing Yuki Sonoda under double yellow flags with Fernando Alonso, like literally pointed at him on the side of the track, like point like he it was like that, like um uh the Umbrella Academy where like the two people are in the car and like one's waving at the other and they're like, what the hell? Um, it was like that kind of moment. Oh my God. Um, so he not only has to take a, uh, he not only like screwed himself over because he had to take like new engine components, 
but then he got like a 10 grid place penalty when he was already at like P19. So it was just like, ugh. And his qualifying laps didn't count because he violated track limits. So they had to use a free practice three time to slot him in to that 19th position. And then he got <sighs> like, it was just like a, uh, and then on the very last lap, he had to retire. Like he pulled, he couldn't cross the finish line. Like he literally came around that last turn and pitted in on the last lap of the race because he had uh, a, a fuel pump issue. So like he wouldn't have been able to make it all the way back around to pull into Park for May. So it was just like, oh, I felt so bad for Logan Sargent. I feel so bad for him, but also, hmm. Alex wow. Albon, yeah, Alex Albon re- having a great weekend, and then Logan Sargent quietly having like a terrible weekend was like, buddy, you're really your immunity, like the car. The, I mean, the, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know any of this misery was happening, <laughs> I know, I and know. it makes me wonder, like, how much other awful, awful stuff is happening to Logan Sargent when nobody's looking. When no or, one's you know, paying just, attention. Yeah. Yeah. Like he oh puts on his, goodness. like, like he's like putting on his like racing shoes and someone's like, oh, oh, we got, uh, we got two left racing boots. Like we didn't ship the right racing boots. You're going to have to wear two mm-hmm. left racing boots. Um, don't worry. No one's going to know. Uh, he's like, but I, I can't. I can't drive the car. Like, even if it was two right boots, it'd be better because then I could use the. Okay, well, I guess I gotta just mm. I gotta wear two left racing boots and do a horrible job at a Grand Prix again. Yeah, he's a uh, not looking good. Not looking good. Oof. Um, let's get into the the, the Grand Prix though. So, seventy one laps uh, on a short track uh, in Mexico City. An amazing. I I love this track i love the way it looks yeah this is one of those like i want to go to yeah like, i would love I to, to attend this. this race yeah yeah um so we had uh lance stroll had to start from the pit lane because he had to change so many engine components on the other side of the garage alonzo went back to the previous pre Qatar spec Aston Martin. So like mm-hmm. even like un like behind the scenes, like Aston Martin was pretty much like, oh well, McLaren has beaten us in the championship. Um, we're basically just going to use these last few races as like testing to see where we went wrong with our cars. Um which ultimately resulted in a double DNF for Aston Martin as well. This is they yeah. had to retire both cars. So Stroll starts from the pits and ends up retiring. Um, Fernando ends up retiring as well later in the race. And it just, I was waiting to hear any of Alonzo's radios, but I didn't hear anything. So he must not have, he must have just been like a quiet, angry person mm-hmm. on the radio instead of pure dark Alonzo. Um, Norris started uh, 17th um, uh, on, on the grid. Um Ended up making up like twelve spots by the end of the race, yeah. which is like, bana- I mean that if he had if he had started on the front row, John, I think we would be talking about Lando Norris's first win. Like I do, yes. I really do. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was it was a spectacular showing from yeah. Lando. Yeah. Um but yeah, what uh what else in the Grand Prix uh what else in this completely well, boring I mean, difficult to watch Grand Prix <laughs> stuck out to you. So f- for me, you know, I'm sitting it's it's a perfect scenario for a Grand Prix. Uh mm-hmm. it's on the East Coast. It was at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, an unusual yeah. human hour to be watching Formula One. We've got two Ferraris at the front of the grid. Yeah. Not just that Max can start alongside a Ferrari and pull away from, but Max has to get around two Ferraris. Who Around. Who, around who, is the operative word there. Has to get around. <sighs> two ferraris and so the race the race starts and immediately i mean like immediately like the lights go out yeah and the race is instantly over like you just see right before your eyes like both both like both Ferraris are asking each other, like, oh, I nobody told us how to release the the parking brake on this. Like, what <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's, are you having that problem too? Because I noticed like you're also both, still totally yeah. static. It's like they're both in rental cars and like you didn't look to see where the brake release was before you mm-hmm. left the lot. And they were just like, Hey, how do, is there a button somewhere? Huh? Was that pet is it like a it's like a pedal? Is there like a cable that I should be pulling on somewhere? And it's like, no, dude, no. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, just just instantly, like fractions of a second, Max yeah. has effortlessly dispatched both Ferraris. And it's just like, oh, well, I guess yeah. there goes my Sunday afternoon of enjoying an F1 race, like just immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even need the slipstream. Like, that's the thing is he started in P3 and I was like, uh-oh, this is the thing at Mexico City. It's the longest straight on, it's the longest start straight um, uh, when when you start the race. It's the longest run down to turn one. And like, if you're in the third position, you basically have two cars creating a perfect aerodynamic wedge in front of you. So you run in clean air. But Max didn't even have to utilize that. But you know who did utilize that? You know who did utilize that, John? Yeah, I know who utilized it. Our boy Checo. Our boy Checo got the slipstream. And he, you see him, and he looks like he is screaming. Yeah. At his home Grand Prix. Yeah. And you just see, like, whoa. This is going to be mind blowing because he's like he's a full like two car lengths behind yeah. Max and and Charles. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's passing Charles passing. Leclerc. Yeah, yeah, on the outside, <sighs> and uh, you know on the outside of a corner, and he basically like. He just goes in too tight. Like he basically goes all the way in on him. Yeah. Yeah. They collide and he's off the track and his race is over. And that's it. His home Grand Prix that he need. And like, like uh, presumably this is 
yeah. him seeing a window and thinking like, yeah. this is my only break of the entire 2023 season. I must capitalize on this. Yep. But clearly yeah. far too desperate. I mean, going three into, into one corner is just, it, it pretty much never works. Yeah. He, there's no chance that he thought that, that he had cleared Charles. There wasn't two cars there. Like, and yeah. he knows, yeah, he knows what's going on and he knows who the car on the inside who can like affect everything else that's happening is. Yeah. I just a really, really, really immature or impatient or chaotic yeah. decision. I think- I think all three. I think it was all three. Just like uh, maybe even add a fourth of like desperate of just like, oh, God, yeah. Max is going to get away. And like, I don't have the equipment to catch him. And it's like, Sergio, you're in the same car, dude. You're in the same car and you may be running in in free, clean air after you get by these Ferraris because you're going to outpace them probably on that second straightaway. Like, you'll almost certainly get them on the second straightaway. If not the second straightaway, you'll get them on the back straightaway. And if you don't get them on the back yeah. straightaway, you'll have a clean run back down this start-finish straight where you have a superior car. Like, you are going to get ahead of them no matter what. And you are at least going to finish P2. You're at least going to end up on the podium, dude. Like, what? I don't understand... I, I truly don't understand what was going on there. Like, uh, yeah. It, uh, and he like gets going and he goes back to the pits and they like put him up on the jacks and you just see his just like, he's crushed. Like he's already crushed in the yeah. car. You can see like the furrowed squinted, the furrowed brown, the squinted eyes, like, He's like pounding on the steering wheel, um, shaking his head no. And then they put the car back down to see if they can release him. And then just nothing. And then they put the car back up on the jacks, yeah. get those dollies under him, roll him into the garage. And then Sergio just like sits in the car while they are trying to like change out the bodywork on his side pod. But like, Going back and looking at the slow-mo of the contact, basically like Charles like like surgically sliced through his side pods when they made contact yeah. and just destroyed the cooling, which is like the most important component of uh of the Mexico City Grand Prix is like you gotta be able to cool your equipment. So it was just a really uh it was it was so tough, dude. That was so tough. Um, Crofty pretty, was like pretty rough. Yeah. Um, again, the Sky Sports uh, British announcers uh, enhancing the darkness of the scenario by like immediately just calling out like, well, we're looking around and it looks like everyone's getting up out of their grandstand seats and yep. heading to the parking lot. Because Just gathering uh, their know, things. The yeah. Only, yeah. The only yeah. thing anyone cared about was seeing Sergio on track today. And he yeah. didn't make it past the first corner. Yep. Yeah. He didn't, didn't even make it like, 
didn't even finish one lap of racing at your home Grand Prix when your career is on the line. Not just like your drive, Mm -hmm. but like your career, dude. Look down the rest of the field. Where are you going to go, Williams? Are you going to go to Williams? Like that's like that's the uh, you went you're in a Red Bull and you're going to maybe go to a Williams next year like to save your drive at uh, that it just it was really really tough um yeah 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 i i was like <laughs> people aren't going to leave there's no way people are going to leave and then i like was like oh yeah no people are 100% like getting up and yep leaving. like not going like oh, I'm gonna go grab some food or like some beer because like the rest of the race like eh, whatever our boys out it was like they were like putting their like clothes like gathering up the things around them and I was like oh my god <laughs> it's actually happening Ugh, yeah um that they like there were like a couple other incredible moments um like surrounding this specific incident so there was sergio perez going to uh going to like talk to the media afterwards right Mm -hmm. uh he goes to give his 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 uh i think it was um laura winters maybe was the person who was getting the interviews whatever uh the person interviewing him is like trying to like get feedback and as that's happening uh verstappen's fast lap comes up on the screen and it's like oh Verstappen just went uh the fastest lap and it's like Sergio just like choking back tears and then they're like oh we should probably stop showing this let's go to a crowd shot and it is a ma or maybe a dad and their child and like the child is being held by the dad they're both in full Red Bull gear and the child is just doing that like you can't hear it, but you can see them doing the cry where they like can't catch their breath. Uh, and like yeah. the like the parent is like holding them and just being like, oh, sweetheart, it's okay. It's okay. Um, there were fights that broke out in the grandstands during the, <laughs> yeah, the red saw, flag. I saw that. <laughs> like, There's, uh, there was even interviews with Checo where he was like in super stiff upper lip mode and just like having to be like uh yeah i have no regrets over mm-hmm. basically on a single move ending my career like yeah. sure i meant to do that i wanted to do that it was a you know yeah it was uh, intentional if, if if you see a gap and you do not go for it, you are no longer a racing driver. It's like, well, sir, at yeah. the end of the season, you are no longer a racing driver. Like, yeah, straight is- up. Yeah. Also, Ayrton Senna, when he gave that quote and like someone like pushed back on him again, they were like, well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, I don't mean any gap. <laughs> I mean, don't end your career at your home race. Like, don't do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was uh it was it was very very it was sad but also just like a oh dude you can't <sighs> you can't do this at your home grand prix like you can't let that kind of pressure get to you you didn't need to do it uh, it just it pissed me off so much when it happened like I yelled no I genuinely don't care about Red Bull or 
yeah. or Sergio, quite frankly, because he drives for Red Bull. Like, I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't want Red Bull to succeed in any capacity. <laughs> but then seeing him go out, I was like, oh, that that hurts. So that I'm hurt. I'm rewatching the incident over and over again, and I'm just uh-huh. noticing an incredible detail oh, that boy. I don't think I've seen in a Formula One race before. Um, so Leclerc goes far off track to stay mm-hmm. away from this carnage or, uh, no. or, or was that? No, someone uh, else was behind was that him, Carlos. Yeah. 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 Cause he had gotten, it's by. Carlos goes way off track, yeah. basically cuts the corner. Yeah. Carlos cuts the corner so deeply that he goes onto the grass and then his car burrows Directly underneath <laughs> the Liquimali yes, uh, advertisement that, that yeah, looks yeah. like it's, you know, painted on the grass, but is actually like, you know, digitally slapped yeah. on top of uh, of of the, the surface on the yeah. broadcast. So his car just goes like right right through or like underneath yeah. the ad. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was pretty, pretty special. Like he had that unlocked. Made me happy. Yeah, like that accident had unlocked. Yeah, he, he found uh, like a secret mode. shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like one of those like Mario walls that you like go into it and instead of it stopping you, you just yeah. go right through it and it's just like, oh, secret passageway. A secret passage with straight like through the, the liquid molly. Yeah, the extra guy is back there. Um Yep. Yeah, the extra engine allocation is under there for Carlos signs, yes. so he can like exactly. blow through an engine if he needs to. Um yeah, there there were like that just destroyed me watching that happen. And then Charles Leclerc's like race could have been ended at that point too, which I was also as soon as I saw Sergio, I was like, "Oh, Sergio's out. Oh no, Charles, you started yeah. on pole position and this is going to be another race that like not only do you not win, but you might not even be able to finish." But then he was fine. Uh his front end the front end plate of his wing was like, uh, or the side end plate of his front wing rather was like kind of hanging off and ended up falling off eventually. Thank God. Um, and then he was fine. Like he basically like didn't really lose any pace because of that. Um, Mm -hmm. that, that always baffles me when a car loses part of the front wing, which like everyone is like, it's the most important thing of the car. It's the most important yeah. component. And then like they don't really lose any time. It's I, it it breaks my brain a little bit because I'm like that's. Sh- I mean, it just makes happening. me think that like aerodynamics is not nearly as figured out as <laughs> you'd yeah. think it is. That like they're just like oh, and then you know uh, we we accidentally stepped on it and it's working better yeah. for some reason. So yeah. Huh. Yeah, we were all about to sit down to lunch and didn't realize that we were all sitting on um, the front wing and not the mm-hmm. actual like picnic bench. So there are a bunch of like, yeah, you know, we made some butt prints in that front wing and like somehow it, it gave the car 10 points more downforce. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right, whatever, whatever. Um, um, yeah. What, all right. More yeah. more tragedy in the race. Yeah. Uh, Yuki Sonoda having a thrilling ongoing battle with yeah. Oscar Piastri, duking mm-hmm. it out, like literally banging wheels yeah. with each other, 
pretty pretty fun to see and i was actually disappointed that we weren't shown more of that live during yeah. the broadcast yeah. um but as that battle kept going and kept going it then eventually went just a touch too far yuki got spun completely yeah. off the track went yep. off facing the wrong direction did this adorable, like furious move of like swatting at his steering wheel like a like a kitten? Yeah, like uh, I like I cannot describe it. Like the perfect cadence or movement. Like he literally just yeah. did the like yeah sort of thing at his steering wheel, and I just yeah felt uh, felt awful for for Yuki, but you know never never not good to hear Yuki just you know lay out a string of expletives over the team yeah. radio. Yep. Uh, and then like one thing makes it through. Uh, like it'll be like, beep, 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 guys. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder what all those beeps were. Cause I don't know that many swears. Um, but that there was, there was that, that sucked more so because we ended up seeing Yuki basically do the same move that Char, uh, that, uh, that Charles, ran into uh or not Charles, but i guess sergio ran into Charles, and like yuki ran yeah. into oscar and it was like basically the same exact thing um except it didn't end yuki's race thankfully uh he did finish outside of the points though i think he finished like 14th or something like that but um yeah he finished 12th sorry not 14th um mm. but here's the thing an alpha tauri finishing in the points impressive daniel ricardo finishing in seventh place there is a good chance his race on sunday is going to result in a 20 million dollar increase in constructors prize money at the end of the year so in one race he yep. made 20 million dollars for his team but potentially potentially uh, if Yuki yep. had scored, it would be like a guaranteed twenty million dollars because they would have gone up. Uh, they would have gone from the ten. I think they're tenth in the constructors right now. I think like they're all the way back there. Um, yeah, they definitely are because um, they because <laughs> they had Nick DeVries, uh with them, not really doing great. Um, and they finally had Liam Lawson come in, score some points, and now Daniel Ricardo is back in scoring points, and Yuki could have scored more points. So. Yeah, they could have they 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 could have locked in uh what is it the eighth or the ninth spot in the constructors with the the points hall that they got. Um, they're so they're currently in eighth or they're they're tech they're tied points wise with mm -hmm. Alfa Romeo. Okay, but they get eighth instead of ninth. I forget what there was some other factor that bumps them up. Well, it's like they finish not an even tie, but yeah, yeah, it's like whoever finishes further up the grid in the race, or like whoever has the mm -hmm. the most finishes further up in the grid. If there's like a tie between them, that's what they go to to like break the tie in the constructors championship. Um, not sure if there's. Any way that they would do that in the drivers' championship, the closest we got to that was, you know, let's not talk about that. Um, anyways, uh, uh, another another moment that uh, did actually tickle me amongst the darkness, although mm -hmm. it was dark in its own way. Yeah, was uh, I forget who it was that he was chasing, but Esteban Ocon 
Yes. Like literally making it was a Hulkenberg. threat over it the was radio. Hulkenberg. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yep. He was he was going after Hulkenberg. He was going after him for a while. Yes. Did, you, did you did you capture what his exact uh, message was? Mm, 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 I'm looking for it. I know that I wrote it down somewhere. Um, but basically, I'll paraphrase. He just says, uh, you need to tell Haas that I'm I'm going for it. Uh, yeah. And it was just like very funny because it's like, sh- sh- shut up, Esteban. Um, uh, w- one, because like it has been like, it's an Alpine versus a Haas. Like you shouldn't, you're, yeah. you're a superior vehicle. You should be able to, to, to outpace them on the straights. Easy. Uh, and then also he didn't make the move. <laughs> like yep. he, it didn't actually happen. Yeah. So I was like, you need to tell Haas I'm coming. And also do you think like the Alpine garage was like, Hey, um, FIA, uh, could you connect me with uh, Gunther Steiner um, real quick? Because we got to no, let no, him it was, know. It was, going, it was going straight to Gene Haas. It was yeah, Gene yeah. Haas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So one fine Gene Haas on a, on a boat uh, off the off the coast of Florida. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it was it was very funny. Uh, oh, yeah. It's tell Haas to get ready. I'm going for it. Uh, is is exactly what he said over the radio. I love that. I think that's yeah. absolutely amazing. I, uh, I did too until it nothing panned. Out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was it was very funny. Um, oh, early on in the race, on like lap, what was it? Lap eleven when uh, Hamilton got Ricardo for fourth. There was a moment where I was like, oh, I think Hamilton it is going to maybe go for the win here. Like it feels like he's mm-hmm. like, like really being like, Oh, I need to manage my tires early in the stint so that I can like not lose too much time. Uh, like he was like desperate to get around Ricardo. Um, so it was like, huh? Well, I wonder what, uh, I wonder how good this car is actually is out on track. Um, and then he was like, just like dropping, communications back and forth to bono that were like you know bono's like we'd love a balance check and he's like balance is great mate and i was like "Ooh, that is hearing lewis say that like have no critiques no feedback to be like i need something from you guys was just like a oh i think he's not only going for the win but like he might be capable of winning this race if you know something goes wrong for max um and it did, but Max still ended up winning by like. I mean, that, that was the thing. Even ver- even a few laps into the race, you know, Verstappen makes this unusually early pit stop, and I'm thinking like, oh, cool, this shakes things up because yeah. now maybe the tire strategy could catch him out. And then like three laps yeah. later, I'm like, no, of course not. He's carving his way through the field. He's going to open up a pit stop and a half distance between him and the yep rest of the field and just like it's just yeah which he would have if that red flag hadn't come down yes absolutely that red flag absolutely stopped him from winning the race by damn near a minute (laughs) so it's like Mm -hmm. okay okay um but the red flag was caused by 
a crash that was like horrifying to see. Yeah, it was a pretty pretty intense crash. Yeah. Um and like obviously it was okay because they were straight up showing the footage of like Magnuson getting out of his car, but like yeah. the suspension breaking on like so that was that was what happened. The suspension broke on his rear left tire, uh, which yep. basically made the car like crab walk at like a hundred and some odd miles an hour directly into a barrier. Like I mean, it was it, and to me, by far the most unnerving aspect of it is just that like it's a piece of the car breaking without any warning and yeah. just immediately the car hooks over and into a wall at tremendous speed, which had to be deeply unnerving for K-Mag who like yeah. you see him getting out of the car and he's even like in a daze and he's like yeah. hopping behind the barriers and then like sitting down behind the barriers and then being like, wait, maybe – if someone else crashes, I'll get smooshed here. Should I sit on top of the bed? And like, he's just trying to figure out like what yeah. to do while also just trying to shake off. Like what the, what, what, what the just, hell what, just happened? What, yeah. What? Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, it's the fact that it was something on the rear of the car that broke when he was going through like that, like slalom section. So he quite yeah. literally had no idea what happened. Like it was just like, did I, was that my fault? Was that like, did someone hit me? Like what happened? And you, like you see him get out of the car and he like shakes his hands. And I was like, uh Oh, was this like a Danny Rick move? Like where he held onto the wheel a little too long and it hit the bar- barriers and it like broke his hand or something. But I think it was just that thing that happens when like John, you and I have gone through like car accidents. Like when you get out of a car accident, <laughs> um, there's adrenaline that's like, you f- yeah. you're literally trying to like shake it out of your body because like anyone yeah, you feel like you're gonna vomit like you're just like yeah yeah and like you're like your muscles like it feels like your arms are trying to retract up into your armpits like this it's this weird so like seeing the shakeout move i was like oh i i know th- i have done that move after being in mm-hmm. a car accident just being like whoa Whoa, what just happened? Just trying to figure out, you're like, how did my wallet get into my front pocket? What just, yeah, yeah. What just is going on? <laughs> total discombobulation right there. Yeah, yeah. You just don't yep. know where you are. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And I was worried that he had like a, I know that there's a bunch of safety measures in these, in these cars, uh, but it was like, oh, a crash that happens that quickly. Like that's, again, that's the, that's the problem. It's not these long crashes where like people like go spinning down these long straightaways or like hit a barrier and get like spun out. It's when the car is doing a hundred plus miles an hour and then comes to a complete stop in like no time at all is when like all of your internal organs are being thrown like thrown against the rest of your body. So I was like, oh no, he could have like serious. Like he could have like ruptured his spleen because of that or something like that. Like just that weird, like, oh God, I hope he's okay. He looks okay, but he could just slump over at any moment because it was like, oh yeah, like weirdly, like partially severed his spinal cord because he hit so hard. Like it was like scary. It was very scary. I, I, again, stood up just like I did when Sergio had his accident. Um, I stood up and was like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no, K Meg, no. Mm Um, but luckily he was okay. Uh, 
they they ended up red flagging the race. Shout out to the track team uh, at the Mexico City Grand Prix. I it is a rarity that you see marshals move so quickly and in such a coordinated fashion. Like mm-hmm. seeing like a, a a service truck pull up to the barriers before the people with the brooms even got out to like start sweeping up debris yep. and the truck pulled up with new barriers to be like, okay, we have to replace the barriers. Like it wasn't even like a question of what they had to do. And it was like a red flag situation where I was like, oh man, this race is now going to drag out. Uh, and like, I'm already a little bit bored. <laughs> I'm already a little bit like, yeah, don't love this race. And this has kind of got me in a weird emotional state and I don't want to stay in this for too much longer. And then mm-hmm. they had it done so quick, and then we got right back up to uh, right back up to speed um, with the race. Uh, so yeah, in the second phase here, Johnny. Well, first of all, I don't want to go too far away from the first phase before uh, uh, giving you a chance. Do you have any? Was there anything else from like the first half of that race? Basically. I mean, for me, this race was that that whole for, first portion was me making my way through the most annoying aspects of the laundry that I was folding. Oh, nice. And then as the race restarted after the red flag, I got into that real sweet zone where I just had a bunch of t-shirts that all get folded the same way and could be methodically oh, nice. moved through in a really efficient an effective yep. manner and for me that was that was the highlight of the grand prix that was it it was, it was the efficiency at which yeah. you were able to fold your laundry that was that yeah. was the high. oh it was incredible um, yeah it's pretty impressive john that's pretty impressive not gonna lie um uh there was i'd say like there were a couple other moments in here that like were impressive um I want to say, yeah, there was like right before that red flag was when Perez gave that interview. And then like during the red flag was when like the fights broke out and it looked like it was like some just like big bruiser who was sitting in front of Ferrari fans because they're both wearing red shirts. And it looks mm-hmm. like this dude was just like angry and maybe like turned around and saw someone wearing a Ferrari shirt because I don't I can't imagine that the Ferrari fans were like trying to egg people on or like trying to like yeah i mean no no of course not this is like the notorious thing about even the ferrari fans would love to see checo do well at his home grand prix yep and that's exactly what you saw you saw like the camera panning out over the over the crowd and you'd see people in every team kit and as soon as that camera came anywhere near them they started chanting checo and it was like oh yeah Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're a Red Bull fan, a Mercedes fan, a Ferrari fan, uh, or like a Haas fan, you're still like, I love Checo and I want Checo to do well at his home Grand Prix. Um, so that was, I can't imagine that this person really was egging, uh, egging this, this big dude around, uh, or on to, to then turn around and just start throttling them. Uh, there's this perfect moment, though, uh, and as like someone who worked in bars, uh, there's a perfect moment where the guy is like, 
you know, basically like he's like hitting someone as they're like sitting down on the bench and trying to like get their footing back. And then a bigger guy comes up behind the guy who is throwing haymakers and puts him in like maybe the most dangerous chokehold you could possibly put someone in, which is just like, oh, I'm just going to put my forearm across their throat and maybe like collapse their trachea uh, and, and like. As soon as the dude felt the guy's arms go around him, he like throws his hands up and is like, I'm yep, done. Yep, I'm yep, done. Yep. I'm done. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was just a very like I like loved that I loved that uh that that sense of order that showed up as soon as someone was like, Oh, my life is in peril. I need to settle down. Uh and they settled down. And I believe that that guy who started that fight has a lifetime ban uh from all f1 events which sucks but also good good it got captured on film it was during a red flag so everyone was paying attention everyone got to see this dude's face and everyone now knows the consequences of like hey if you start a fight in the grandstands at an f1 race las vegas people um uh if you start a fight in the grandstands (laughs) you're going to get banned for life uh so don't do that uh, so that was a highlight. I think that was that was that was a highlight of the Grand Prix for me. Was watching. I love, I love, yeah. I love that you've got such detailed technical analysis <laughs> of yeah yeah fans pummeling each other. Uh, your insight knows no bounds. <sighs> yeah, I, I like I said uh, before before the recording. Uh, started i was talking about i don't have any kids and it's halloween weekend i have nothing going on so i'm just watching a whole bunch of f1 stuff um so all right after the red flag after all that happened uh there were a couple of things that happened uh on the restart this is the thing about norris why norris absolutely deserved driver of the day is because on the Mm -hmm. restart he lost four places so All the work that he did, I think he gained like eight places up until then, and then he lost four places, so then had to regain like a further four places. Uh, So he made up 12 spots on the grid uh, to finish, uh, but also I guess he made up like 16 spots on the grid because he (laughs) kind of lost it on the restart. Um, Yep. There was uh yeah, the Piastri uh Sonoda fight was great. Um I mean great until it wasn't great. Um there was uh this amazing overtake that Lando Norris had on Esteban Ocon, where he basically slid the car into the corner and then passed mm-hmm. Ocon. And it was like they they had a perfect like camera angle and a perfect slow-mo shot and I Oh, I just, I loved that. It was like the essence of an F1 overtake was like yep. Lando Norris just sneaking down the inside and being like, I gotcha. Um, yep. Yeah. Lando absolutely crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a, a, not a, I mean, it was not the same, but it was another great pass on Danny Rick too, um, where he was like, oh, 
I basically dummied him in the braking zone where I like mm-hmm. hit the brakes a little bit at, at like the start of the braking zone. And I think Ricardo was like, oh, he's not going for the move. And then I guess Lando like let off the brakes and then like snuck past him in the braking zone, which on anyone impressive doing that on Daniel Ricardo is like, yeah. dude, that's really impressive. Uh, what else you got in there, Johnny? What else What else popped out to you other than folding laundry and a couple of decent overtakes? Oh, I think that was that was more or less it for me on the race. Was there anything else that you haven't touched on yet? Uh, there was one move uh, basically where uh, Norris's engineer saw that he was trying to get by Russell and he pops on the radio and goes, we all know what Russell is like. It's either all or nothing. Just be patient. And I just love that, like, the rest of the grid is keenly aware of the fact that George Russell will end his race attempting to not just, like, overtake someone, but potentially defend against someone. Like, he would literally ruin his race. And it's like... It's also also a masterfully delicate way of... You know, not telling Lando like, hey, you better be careful or you better watch out or you better make sure you know what you're doing. It was just like, a, you know, like we we all, all of us, we all know. collectively, the royal we. Yes. Yes. No, the world you're knows. about to get into. Yeah. And just take a breath and accept what it is that you're about to attempt before yeah. you attempt it. You've got a faster car. You're you're clearly in a better position just be patient um yeah that was that was phenomenal uh i'd say oh uh lap 69 um uh, when uh <laughs> when stroll uh also ended up uh dnfing so we had the 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 nail in the coffin for aston martin's uh, yep. attempt uh at any sort of championship points um Immediately after that, Hamilton like ran over Lance Stroll's bodywork because Lance Stroll tried to overtake Valtteri Bottas in the stadium section, which is just like a super low speed section. Also, if the car is going around a corner, it basically takes over the whole track because the cars are so big now. And like he tried to sneak by and Valtteri basically people were like, "Eh, Valtteri didn't need to do that. But it's like, I think he did. I think he did. I think. There's no reason for Valtteri to just let Lance make a move on him at that point. Um, yep. Why Why would – no racing driver is going to do that, least of all Valtteri Bottas. Like I just don't yeah. think he's going to be like, oh, by all means. Um, so I was shook because Hamilton was like, I ran over some debris. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> there are two laps yeah. left. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's happening? What's happening? Um, yeah, him – what else happened in there? Oh, oh. There's one thing that was wonderful. One thing that was wonderful before we get to like kind of like the weird iffy part of this was uh Hamilton after finishing P2 I took a screen I I recorded the the onboard footage of Hamilton after he won and it is almost as if he's won his first race. Like that's how big the celebrations were yeah. 
uh, when it was just so I was I like I rewound it and watched it over and over again. I muted it while like they were interviewing Max and I was just like, I just want to like see Lewis celebrate. Um, mm-hmm. And like you can hear his tone of voice like he's so pleased with everything. Toto comes on the radio and is like, amazing job. Truly a masterclass, which it was. Hamilton mm-hmm. drove a phenomenal race, uh, even though the race was boring as hell. His participation in it was really, really impressive. Uh, the fact that he made those medium tires last for 30, what was it, 37 laps? I think he ended up making them last for um, and ended up putting a fast lap in on the last lap of the race when the tires yeah. were at their ragged edge. He still put in a fast yep. lap. Like, I, I was just, I'm so impressed with who Hamilton is and who he's like repeatedly proved he is and what he's capable of. Um, It really is just an amazing feat to watch him do what he does best. Um, The overtake he had on Charles too was like one of the best overtakes, one of the most daring overtakes I've ever seen him do. Um, It was like the Alonzo at one thirty R type, like, yeah. Dude, dude, you're going too fast. Dude, what are you doing? You should not be passing there. There's not enough space. Uh, and then did you see the uh, the picture of Leclerc like standing basically in like the half doorway where he's like leaving no space whatsoever? No. What was... So there's there's a social media post that like Leclerc like that that like Leclerc is like posing in a doorway on like, you know, in like the podium area. Uh, and someone else grabbed footage of this and it's quite literally Lewis Hamilton being like, no, 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 go stand in the door and leave like no space. I'm going to take a picture of you. And it's like a perfect picture. And then Hamilton posts it to his stories. Like it was just like this amazing. I, I love their friendship. Like it doesn't seem like it's their trauma bonding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It really is like, it's not quite a friendship, but it is like, this amazing thing like of like uh it's like that um the Paul Rudd on Hot Wings where he's like look at us yeah look at us um it was like him and Charles finishing on the podium when they both DNF'd last week because of a technical issue uh yeah Charles somehow miraculously making it onto the podium after having his front wing destroyed literally on lap 1 of the grand prix like ah it was just so great um the thing that kind of sucked, kind of sucked, but also I get it, uh, was the booze that happened from the crowd when Leclerc was mm-hmm. announced. Uh, and that sucks. I get why he was being booed, and he also got why he was being booed, and he like acknowledged it, and he's like, hey, look, yeah. I get why you're booing me. I understand. I did not. In no way did I want to end Checo's race. Like, I wish that he could have continued on. But, like, I had nowhere to go. I was between one Red Bull and getting squeezed by another one. Like, I don't know what what was I supposed to do here. Um, So that was, like, nice. But also, it's like, oh, Charles, I feel like. I feel like you're too nice of a guy. You shouldn't have even acknowledged the booze, um, but also acknowledging them, but also maybe not apologizing for something that wasn't your fault. I don't know. Um, and then in the cool down room, 
Lewis like pointing at the screen and being like, oh, it's like me and Qatar when he see, <laughs> when he saw Perez yep. go off. Like he literally says those words and point and it was just such a like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Sergio should have had that same consideration when he was doing that. Um Yep. Yeah. There was that. Yeah. There was also uh in the cool down room, they replay uh, Hamilton's move where he's like uh-huh. going over onto the grass. Yeah. And Max even gets all excited and looks at Lewis and was like, Ooh, like, Ooh that was you. Ooh, oh, Ooh, that was really wow. good. That was really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like one of the first complimentary looks or actions I've seen from yeah. Max to Lewis in about three years. Uh, unsurprisingly, yep. um, but like, yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, like Charles, like throwing his hands up, being like, "Hey, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize there was that little space." And Max being like, "Damn, dude, that was sick." And Lewis just being like, "Yeah, I went for it. I went for it." Uh, that's that's the Ayrton Senna. That's the Ayrton Senna move, mm-hmm. right? That's the if you see a gap, you go for it, right? Um, if you see a gap, if you <laughs> you go for it. If it's not guaranteed to end your race right away. Yeah. God. If you Poor. see a gap and your, end your career at your home race. Yep. God. Um, um, so what do we think? Do we think that Sergio gets fired before the end of the season? <laughs> or do you think he lasts through Abu Dhabi? What are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I think he's gone during the off season. I think there will be, there will be some sort of like, Hey, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll negotiate some sort of like, why don't you declare your own retirement? Yeah. So we don't have to scumbag you in front of the whole world. And yeah. Oh, wait a second. There were rumors that Sergio Perez was going to retire at the Mexican. Yes. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And technically, technically. Yeah, oh, he, 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 he retired. retired from the race. <laughs> and he may have. 100% retired. He, he retired on the, before one lap of racing was completed. Yeah, yeah. And maybe technically he did also sort of announce his retirement from racing too, by way of actions. So. I mean, it's not, it's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. And that's kind of, that's like the weird, this could become the silly season. This could be it, right? We could be seeing silly season in a way that we've never seen it before, which is like a team gets sold, a driver retires, and then maybe like Checo goes to Aston Martin, maybe if either Fernando or Lance Stroll aren't in the seat next. I don't, what do you think? I I feel like there's such a like stacked roster of almost F1 racers hovering around the perimeter of the sport. Yeah. I don't see any way that old man Checo uh, gets a, gets a seat, not to say that he doesn't deserve it or wouldn't do well on it. I just don't think the politics of F1 will be kind to him. From yeah. here on out, I, I think he's. I think he's finished. 
Yeah. And I don't think that he'll be able to do the Danny Ricardo thing where he's like, oh, I'll just be like the reserve driver or the third driver of a team next year. Like he's not at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he literally just had a child. So it's like that kind of like, buddy, you could walk away with like constructors championship money. You could walk away with like a contract buyout, you know, windfall. And then just like enjoy being the most popular person in Mexico for like the next like 20 years um, yeah. or until uh, Pato Pato award uh, ends up getting a McLaren seat. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was th- this, this was a, a fairly boring weekend as far as like the race itself, all the extenuating circumstances around the race riveting i mean to the point of where it was like almost like i've had too much of this i don't want any more um (laughs) like i i almost didn't watch checo's post-race interview because i was like this is painful for me to watch like it's that like thing where i i don't there's absolutely a german term for it um but i don't know what it is but it's like when you're feeling like pain for someone else, not like you're feeling embarrassment for someone else, but when you're feeling like deep seated, emotional pain on someone else's behalf is what I felt watching Sergio like snit, like do like the nose thing where he's like, uh, and it's like, I don't think you're clearing your nose because you have allergies. I think you're doing that. Like my nose is tingling because I'm about to cry. I mean, like, just being in that, like, I'm so disgusted with myself that I can't possibly let anyone know how disgusted with myself I am. So I'm going yeah. to paint everything in a very positive light yeah. and just be like, yeah. Oh, oh was, uh, yeah. Uh, listen, I, you know, perfectly happy. Like, I'm perfectly happy with that move. career away. Ah, and also like, just the way that like it's this is the the problem here is this is like the kiss of death from Red Bull. Is they're basically everyone in the organization is like, we're really proud of Checo for going for that move. We're really appreciative. We think he's such a great racing driver. Like watching Christian Horner like pat him on the back at the pit wall. Um someone did the meme of like a cheetah has its like yes yeah. paw gently over a baby gazelle's shoulder and it's like oh yeah that's exactly what this feels like too is like the uh, yep. we're gonna take care of you don't worry you're not gonna have yeah. to worry you're literally not gonna have to worry about anything else ever so yeah that's uh that that that's where i f- like that's the emotional state i felt like i was in after this race was just a like oh god what Oh God, I, I, I'm so happy. I'm not Sergio Perez. <laughs> I'm just so happy. I'm not him or anywhere in his orbit right now. Cause it, ugh, how do you make that feel? Okay. This other than go like, well, you had like a really good career. <laughs> like that's the only consolation you can give to the guy yep. is just like, look, man, we thought you were done back when force india was in administration but then you won a race it's true and then you got the red yeah. bull seat so there are some absolute highlights of sergio's career but i'm worried that these 
are going to be the lasting impressions of him, uh, at least with like the Formula One fandom in general. Maybe not the Mexican fandom, but like, I don't think peace. I mean, that's what stands out to me is the connection between like, that's what I think everyone will take away from Sergio. Once we're two years removed from this season, it will be like, he was the driver with this intense connection with the Mexican fan base and really pulled that Mexican fan base uh, in a very intense way into the formula one community. And, and yeah. to me, that's a beautiful thing. And I think that'll be, that'll be by far the most notable sort mm-hmm. of like attribute and mark of his career. And he was, he was, you know, he's been in the sport for, uh, what's it, what is it now? 13, 14 I was gonna seasons. Say it's, yeah. It's like 14 years or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And before that he was, coming up through the feeder series. So like he's a racer. I mean, he's been a racing driver for a long time and he's really impressive and his Mm -hmm. career has been very impressive. And even though he's not from Mexico city, Mexico city has embraced him in this like amazing way as if he is their native son. Um, even with kind of, you know, the, the weird conservative leanings of Papa Perez, like he's still got, you know, uh, uh, he's built up, quite a reputation um in a positive way oh right speaking of political figures uh i did go back in and watch uh the podium ceremony and i watched kim illman's video on the podium ceremony as well and yes of course some fans were booing governor abbott absolutely but like quite Mm -hmm. literally even before Max is announced, he like steps out onto that platform and the booze start. So yeah, sure. Governor Abbott got some of those booze, but most of those booze were absolutely intended for Max. Uh, and mm. in a, in a, in a weird, why has he got to be so greedy with taking all the booze, you know? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Scott, give you know, give 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 some like fascist uh, election rigging gerrymandering yeah. politician a chance to get booed. Come on, um, but then he like didn't really get booed at all in Mexico City. Like I did not hear anyone booing him during the podium ceremony. Did did you uh, did you hear any of that? Uh no. Yeah, it just seemed like Charles got all of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, they were chanting Lewis too, and I absolutely mm. loved that. So they like as Max goes up, nice. He doesn't get like booed out of existence, but they start chanting Checo, 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 and then he's like, "Ah, oh, it's a great weekend, whatever." And then like Lewis comes up, and they start in the same cadence. Lewis, Lewis. And I was like, I love this. I love this. Um, plus Jensen Button conducted the post-race interview and he was like, yeah, I was like trying to channel you with like being like the smoothest driver I've ever known. And it's true. This is yep. Jen- Jensen Button. Yeah. He was before Carlos Sainz was the smooth operator. If you watch on boards with Jensen Button. Extremely smooth, extremely controlled, extremely efficient. Yes. Yeah. So it was great. Um, 
and then just yeah, I I was really as underwhelmed as I was by the actual race. I was really impressed by Lewis's uh his his form, and then also just the way that he did not get discouraged at any point in time uh, over the course of the race weekend. He was still kind of like laughing off, like, I don't know why the car isn't performing in practice and quality. I don't get it. Um, like he wasn't doing the like, yeah, we just really, I don't, you know what? It's not going to be a good weekend for us. Like he was still in high spirits. So mm. I, 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 that's my takeaway from this weekend uh, is Sergio's potential on track and off track retirement. Uh, Lewis really showing up. Uh, in like an amazingly yep. impressive way, and then Daniel Ricardo is absolutely back. Like that dude is yeah. fully back. Even though in like the post race, in like the paddock uh, interviews afterwards, he and Lando were paired up in uh, in 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 an interview, and they're basically like, "Oh, uh, Danny, do you have a question for Lando?" And like Danny asked Lando a question. Uh, and then they were like, oh, Lando, do you have a question for Danny? And he's like, yeah, I noticed on some of your onboards, like, you're like, uh, you got like kind of like a pinky up thing. Like, you can't close your hand all the way. And Danny's like, yeah, yeah I can't close my hand all the way when I, you know, make a hard right. Like, my pinky kind of comes up off of it. And he's like, and Lando's like, oh, it's like you're drinking champagne in the car. Like, it was really, really fun. Mm. So I love that Danny Rick is back. Love I, love, I love all that. Um don't love that Max walked away with basically uh, another win before the first corner even happened. Like he won before the first corner. That's you. You can win on the first corner in Mexico city, which is why Perez was going for what he was going for. But it's usually like, you can't win a race on the first corner. You can only lose a race. Well, it was proved that both things are true by different Red Bull drivers. Perez absolutely lost the race first corner and Verstappen won the race in the first corner. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, interesting takeaways. Uh, All right, Johnny. What do you think? Where are we at? Are we, uh, are, are, are we, are we going up in the stock? Are we going down in the stock? I'm going to say, for me, Stock definitely took a little dip just because it was it was gutting yeah. to see that first few seconds of the race play out and just immediately know, like instantly just like, oh, all right, well, the next yeah. 90 minutes are going to be a lot less enjoyable. Yeah. Just instantly. And and that's that's rough. So I'm gonna say uh I don't feel good saying this, but uh yeah, stock stock went down this weekend yeah Yeah, i think so too i think that we at the very the only takeaway was lewis for me was like a redemption that he came in second again and did not get Mm -hmm. disqualified that's not a good thing to be like oh it's good that like the guy i really like didn't get disqualified this race (laughs) it's like that's the takeaway so I mean, yeah. there were great there were great moments, you know, throughout that we've discussed, and some some cool moments and interesting stories. But uh, like, I couldn't shake off, yeah, just how chilling it was. Yeah. That yeah, it's just ugh. it was just a wrap. It's rough up straight away, straight away. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Norris didn't make it into 
Q3 and didn't even get to come close. Like if Norris was up there, I think it would have been a better race. I, not even think it would have been a better race. Um, he may have knocked Charles off the podium or he may have knocked Lewis off the podium. I, I don't know, but I would have taken a Lando Norris starting in the top 10 over what we yeah. saw any day. Um, yeah, so I think the stock did go down a little bit. It's taken a little bit of a dip. Um, that said, we do have a sprint weekend coming up. It's the last sprint weekend. I think this is the last time we're going to see this incarnation of the sprint format. Uh, we're going to see something completely different if they bring them back next year. It's Brazil. And then after Brazil, we got Vegas. So I think that like even though the stock is dipping a little bit, within the next few days the hype is going to go through the roof. I'm sure Lewis is down in Brazil and enjoying Brazil already uh, because he is like an adopted citizen of that country and they've embraced him so much. And he goes and does like amazing work in the community when he goes down there and spends as much time as he can interacting with like the youth, basically taking on like Ayrton's mantle of being like, no, let's bring the youth into racing. So I think that that's going to be, that's something I'm looking forward to at least. But the stock suffered this week. It did. Um, I think it'll go up next week, and I think it'll go sky high for Vegas. But yeah. Um, Oh, I was listening to another podcast. I know. Dangerous. Listening to other podcasts other than our own. Uh, It's called Your Kickstarter Sucks. And one of the guys went to Vegas, and he was like, as bad as Vegas normally is, Seeing it with a bunch of grandstands built up along the start-finish straight, it is like that much more depressing of a scene in Vegas. And I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah. There is. Yeah, I've heard it's been abysmal for the locals and just anyone who's visiting Vegas for like the last month. Because it's just like everything is hard to get around and navigate and whatnot. And so it'll be a... It'll be a yeah. super hot mess. Um, yeah. Even yeah. being out there when nice I this weekend. When I traveled through Vegas and like ended up in, uh, going to a diner, I like saw where the construction was beginning. And like I didn't go to where it was because there was so much traffic around, like that was being like funneled away from the construction zone. So it's like, oof. I've heard that nobody's been able to see the the fountains for like a month. Oh my god. Like it's god. just like completely obstructed. Yeah, and so that there's would people make sense. that probably don't even know that Formula One is a thing that are visiting Las Vegas yep. and are just like, what's going on? Why does Las Vegas have a cage built around it everywhere? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, and that's the strip is a walking strip. Like people walk yes. on the Vegas strip. So it's not it's not that the cars are badly affected. I'm sure they are. But the fact that you can't walk around on the strip is like, ugh, that's brutal. That's brutal. Also, I'm seeing more and more uh, Instagram ads and uh, and Twitter ads just being like, single day tickets available in Vegas. <laughs> Get your single day tickets now. Oh, and it's boy. like, oh, boy, y'all are in a bad way. Um, so again, the stock Ooh. is going to go up, but it's going to be some like, whoo, boy, what 
kind of show it's gonna be a squeaker yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) uh all right we've gone for so long this week even though it was a boring race not a boring race even though it was a disappointing race uh johnny where can the folks find you out there in the world Oh, you can track me down via my home base of johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? Nice. I am going to be doing a show at the Clubhouse Theater with my team Beep Beep. Uh, That is on the 5th. Um, I don't know if there's a link available, but I will try to put one in the description. Um, Then you can also track me down, coreypwillis.com or burn Corey Burn on the social media stuff and the F1 Files Twitter on all the social media or F1 Files uh, on all the social media stuff, including Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. All right, Johnny, let's make sure that we catch up with them the next time because it's going to be a sprint race. And they're going to catch up with us the next time on the F1 Files. Boo!